supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to the Dynamic Dog Owner. Hope you're all having a wonderful week and continuing to be dynamic. This episode is all about the lead. Um, Not pulling on the lead. That's a whole other topic for another day. Um, But this is about the limitations and the situations that are created by our dog being on a lead. So obviously the dream is that at some point, you know, we let our dogs off the lead and we can pretty much trust them off lead 99% of the time. That would be the dream, <laughs> the, the end goal. That would be wonderful. Even if you have got that dog where on walks, you're happy if you can keep them off the lead 90% of the time. At some point, all dogs have to be on a lead. Whether that be that you are in a cafe, you are going to the vets, you're in a park um, that's no dogs off lead, national trust grounds where you can't let them off the lead, towing to a show, going to a fair, walking along the road. At some point, you're going to need your dog on the lead. And obviously, for most of us, there's a lot of frustrations that can become with the lead. A lot of dogs have their own frustrations about the lead and people also have frustrations surrounding the lead, which is completely understandable. It's not normal for dogs to be on a lead. Uh, It's really common, I find, for many dogs to walk absolutely beautifully off lead. They choose to walk by your side. Um, You think, oh, aren't they wonderful? The second you clip the lead on, it goes completely wrong and they start pulling. And you go, how? Why why is that? (laughs) Why does the lead suddenly change everything? It can't be fun for dogs to pull on the lead or get frustrated on the lead. And it's not uh, fun for us either. So, it kind of begs the question, why Why does their behaviour change the second you clip that lead on? What happens? Why is the lead sort of the root of all of this negativity and frustration? One thing we have to consider is obviously our dogs have evolved and been domesticated. Um, but leads themselves are quite unnatural for dogs. They were never bred or designed to be on lead all the time. It does influence their behaviour because it's unnatural to have a lead on. Imagine how you or I would feel if we were put on a lead. Suddenly all your choices are removed. You can't decide which direction you go in. You're controlled by the thing that's holding the end of the lead. Imagine if you were going like round Tesco's and you're on a lead and you went, oh, I need sausages. And then you went to go reach the sausages and you couldn't get there. Um, or you went, oh, I need to go and get this. And no, you can't have that because that's out of reach too. You would suddenly, you would very easily get very frustrated that everything you needed or wanted was out of reach. And the only way to get there was to pull against this weight on the end of the lead. It removes choice. We wouldn't like it. And we forget that that's one of the reasons probably that our dogs don't like it. Dogs tend to pull on the lead um, again, that's it's quite a broad topic, but we're going to briefly touch on it. Um, dogs tend to pull on the lead because naturally they move quicker than us. <laughs> they have four legs. We only have two. So they do move at a quicker pace than us. Their world isn't a straight line. They see the world through their noses and how it, it smells. So naturally they move in a sort of zigzaggy, crossing over, side to side pattern because they are following their nose. They don't conform to the straight paths that we've all been trained to walk along. 
very much people conform to the fact that a path is there and I must stay to the path. I must follow that path where it goes. I must not step off the path. We've all been kind of taught how to do that in a roundabout way. But dogs don't see the world in straight paths. They don't understand why we're walking straight along a road when there's a good smell to the left and a good smell to the right. So it is unnatural for them. And that's one thing to consider. You often see, say, as well as dogs starting to pull when they're on the lead, some dogs become more uh, what we call reactive. So having big reactions, whether that be barking or whining, as soon as the lead's attached. When they're not on a lead, that doesn't happen. When we put them on a lead, they become a bit more barky and showing emotions a little bit more. And that is, I believe, purely down a majority of the time, not always, but majority of it is down to frustrations. Because that lead takes away their choice around situations, people, dogs. They can't choose whether they want to interact or or run away. They can't choose to create distance. They can't choose which direction they go in. And if something makes you feel uncomfortable, naturally you want to create more distance between you and it. On a lead, dogs can't do that. So they then have to display other behaviours. If you want to show more interest in something, you move closer towards it. And again, a lead stops you from doing that because pulling isn't allowed. So there is a lot of frustration created just because choices are removed. So as I say, some dogs sort of expel that frustration through barking on the end of the lead, through whining. Other dogs will turn around and start tugging or chewing on the lead to say, this blooming thing's annoying me. It's something that they can use to get out some frustration. So leads play such a big part in our dog's lives. I mean, if you were to sort of work out the percentage when you're outside of your home, how much time your dog actually spends on a lead, it's no wonder they become frustrated. So picking the right lead is incredibly important. There's an awful lot to consider for our comfort and for our dog's comfort. So we're not going to talk about pulling on the lead in this episode. That'll be in a different one. Um, But we are going to talk about the actual lead and how we pick a lead. If you've ever walked into a pet shop, you'll know there are so many choices. There are different lengths, different types, different materials. Which one do I pick? And that's what we're going to look at today. So that when you are in a pet shop and you're faced with 51 different types of lead, you've got a little bit more of an insight as to what to consider to be a good or not so good choice. Um, So the lead length for one. Personally, I believe that everyone should have multiple lengths of leads. You've got your standard sort of short lead that you would use in close environments. So walking along the road, going around shows, etc. A short lead. So a standard short length lead, which for me, two metres is enough. Any shorter. And it tends to do the opposite of what we think it will. We tend to think the shorter the lead, the more control we have. And what tends to happen is the shorter lead, the more pulling there is. So anything less than two metres for me is too short. Um, two meters is the optimum but what we also want is a couple of leads that are longer so a five a ten meter lead those leads are brilliant for the dogs that can't go off lead or places where you cannot let your dog off lead but you can allow them more freedom but still under control it will reduce your pulling and it will just make the walk more enjoyable for your dog because they can then naturally move left to right forwards backwards travel at different paces, speed up, slow down without getting to the end of their lead and creating that frustration. So having multiple length leads is a really, really good shout. It's a bit of a faff when you've got to take two out with you, but 
your dog will enjoy their walk a little bit more and you will enjoy your little walk a little bit more as well. So you've also got different types in terms of how the lead actually attaches. You've got a sort of clip that clips onto a, a harness. You've got slip leads. You've got or like figure of eight leads that go over the nose. Um, they all have slightly different benefits and negatives to them. So again, in an ideal world, your normal lead is what we're striving to use. A normal lead that just clips onto the back of the harness. That is the most sort of neutral that doesn't affect behaviour too much a figure of eight lead is one that tends to go over the nose um, and it's used as an anti-pull because it causes a little bit of discomfort and encourages any pulling to go bring our dog's head down and it just gives us a little bit more control over our dog which is great if you've got a massive dog that is too big for you to hold if they pull they're going to pull you over um if it's purely it's not going to stop your dog from pulling okay um it's purely the the lead that stops it it doesn't change the training or the motivation so they're a good what i call get out of jail free card to get you from a to b when they're too strong when you've injured yourself for example if you've injured your foot and you haven't got as much strength as normal or as a in-between when you're working on training they have their purpose but if you are using something like a figure of eight lead purely just to stop them pulling you probably need to look at some training the final type of, um also i'm going to mention is a slip lead slip leads again they are not to be used to stop your dog from pulling because they basically act as a strangulation device so they're not for that purpose slip leads have their purpose with working dogs who need quick release function so again, if you're in that situation where you are working your dog in a proper working environment and you need a quick on off, slip lead is great. Most of those dogs have already been trained not to pull. So if you are using a slip lead to stop them pulling, I would look again at different, um, more comfortable options and looking at training to stop them pulling rather than a device. Any device that is designed to stop pulling basically works on discomfort. Um, that's how it, that's, there's no sugar coating it. That's how they work. You've then got the choice of fabrics. So materials, what material is your lead made from? And again, this can be down to personal preference. Um, there are many different options. The standard ones tends to be a leather. Um, but again, there's different types. So you want something that is going to be comfortable for you to hold. You're the one that's holding it, not your dog. So is it comfortable for you? Um, material for me I find most comfortable uh, but again you can get different types so make sure it's a soft nice material that's going to be nice in your hand you've got the biothane leads which are a waterproof so don't get wet don't get muddy which again are quite soft but some people find them a bit slippery again it's up to you you've also got your nice leather leads which tend to be a bit more expensive and then some people have a chain lead uh, a chain lead for me they can't be comfortable for your dog they're very heavy uh, if your dog turns around and puts their mouth around the lead, a lot of people again use that because it's then dis it might discourage that behavior because it's not comfortable for your dog. But again, same as the pulling, using the lead isn't looking at your dog's emotions behind why they're tugging on the lead. It's just making it unpleasant so they stop doing it. So my advice is to always look at the why. Why is my dog doing this rather than just trying to stop it? because that way you're getting a better understanding of your dog and they are going to display behaviours because they 
have a better way of thinking rather than just because something hurts if I do it or it doesn't feel comfortable. Personally, I don't like your extending leads. Um, so the ones that have the little um, box and the tape lead that goes in and out. There's quite a few reasons for it. Um, so it's not something I would pick and majority of trainers would agree. Um, I don't know many that wouldn't. So I'm going to spend a few minutes just exploring that topic because I think it's a good topic to explore. Um, extending leads can be quite dangerous. Um, so they can cause friction burns. My husband has scars across his legs where somebody else's dog wrapped um, themselves around him and pulled. So they can cause friction burns for people and dogs if your dog is playing with another dog. So they're very dangerous in that aspect. You can easily get yourself tied up in them and they can cause serious injury. So be aware of that. Um, equally, there's a big risk of them breaking because they're very, very thin material. If it does break, the lead that is obviously the closer end to the handle is going to wind back up inside that handle and you're left with no lead. So then you've got nothing to hold your dog on unless you've got a little bit left but again it's so thin that you can't really hold on to it um there's a lot of trust put into that little mechanism that winds the lead up and winds the lead down there's a little normally a little button on them that sort of locks the lead and then another button that unlocks the lead but you put an awful lot of trust into that and i've seen people who've thought they've locked it and they haven't locked it they're brilliant in terms of the fact that you can shorten or lengthen the same lead and it's quite easy to manage what people sometimes forget to remember is if you've got your dog five metres in front of you, in a split second, they can suddenly be to the left or the right of you. So for me, when I see people walking along a road with an extending lead at full capacity of five metres, I almost do like a little shudder because I'm like, oh, God, in a minute that dog's going to be in the road because I've seen it happen. I have seen it happen where someone's walking along and all of a sudden the dog's in the middle of the road um thankfully i've never seen it go bad because of the drivers having really really good reflexes um but it can be quite a dangerous maneuver so it's something again to be mindful of um in terms of training they aren't great because majority of lead work is based on loose lead walking so when the lead feels loose and there is no tension you can go and when there is tension we're going to stop so with an extending lead there's always tension so it can in a roundabout way actually encourage your dog to pull so personally majority of dogs and an extending lead is not suitable if you've got an elderly dog who doesn't need to worry about training um, who just needs to have a little bit more freedom and moves at a really slow place and is really ploddy then an extendable lead is a really good shout i had one for my elder dog when he was old and going deaf and couldn't go off the lead and i had young children at the time so it was the easiest option but I would never personally use one on a puppy um, because they're too erratic. <laughs> You've seen how busy and bouncy puppies are. They can easily get tied up. They can easily get tied up around people, other dogs and be all over the place. So if you've got an older dog who's calm, placid and you're using an extendable lead in an open field, that's probably the only time I would recommend using one. So lots of things to consider. Lead length, lead materials, um, the how they fit what length you've got but knowing a little bit about what your choices of lead it's no different to going and buying a, a pair of trainers or a new cooker you look at the features you look at the functions of it and you go well let's read the reviews let's see why they are good let's see what material they're made out of let's see what rating they've got 
It's no different when you're selecting a lead. Have a little look at the characteristics of your lead and the materials, how it's made, how it works to make sure that your lead is suitable for you and your dog and what your purpose of it is. So personally, as I said earlier, I do have multiple leads. I have about four or five different types of leads that I like to use um, because each lead has a different purpose. Uh, so I've got my short lead, I've got a slightly longer lead um, for like those in-betweenies and then I've got five metre leads that I use. Um, I do have a slip lead for Rem because he does do some fun gun doggy stuff. Um, so it gives a quick release. And equally for him, he struggles to settle in the house. So rather than me putting his harness and lead on, I have a slip lead that I can just gently pop over his, his neck to encourage him to settle down by my side. It's not used to stop pulling. So I do use a variety of different leads for different purposes. So it's absolutely fine to have more than one lead and take two or three on a walk with you. You just need to have a really good cool backpack to put all your stuff in. Um, but leads do influence behaviour and that's something we need to be aware of. Leads are unnatural for our dogs. They take away choice and they do cause frustration, um, which is perfectly normal for dogs meeting a human world. It's almost a clash of cultures. We've got dogs wanting to do dog stuff, humans wanting to do human stuff and meeting in the middle can be really tricky. So we can minimise that clash by making sure we're using the lead that is right for the environment and right for our dog and the reasons we're using it. So hopefully next time you head into a pet shop and you're faced with hundreds of different leads, you'll have a little bit more of an insight as to what lead you should pick. Um, and again, it's different. Everyone has their own preference, but might give you a little bit of food for thought. Don't forget, you can head over into our Facebook group, Potter Paws Dog Training Community for regular tips, Trainers are in the group every single day, so you can ask any questions you've got about any doggy topic. We've also got some other professionals in the group who have their own expertise, so there's somebody that can help for most um, queries and questions. And equally, if not, it's just a place to share pictures of your dog where no one gets bored. Um, have a great week. Enjoy lead shopping, um, and I will see you very soon. Thank you for listening to The Dynamic Dog Owner with me, Debbie Potter. See you next time. Thank you.